Welcome to this edition of the General Manager Podcast. My name is Aaron Thomas, a.k.a. Native Seahawk, and I'm coming to you from the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport as I've got about an hour and a half or so before I fly out of here back to beautiful Coachella Valley and Palm Springs area. I was just at the game, so I really hope that my voice is able to communicate a little bit to you about what I thought about this game. The Seahawks lose. I am not happy about that, of course, as many of you are probably not happy as well. And, you know, you, you wonder why did the Seattle Seahawks lose 30-16? to 16? And you figure out that, okay, in the two losses, this is the second loss where the Seahawks lost at home. They are 3-0 and on the road, but why are they losing at home? I think for, for the most part, this team has lost its home field advantage. So far this season, that's completely true. When you go 3-0 and at home and 2-2 and at, or excuse me, 3-0 on the road and two wins, two losses at home, you're 500. You are not, and you've won as many games as you've lost at home. And so why is that? What is it that is making the Seahawks lose at home? That's the question that I have. And, you know, all those years that we had where we were actually, you know, on the way to the Super Bowl, we were 8-0 at home. That was something that we knew going into that season that we would definitely be uh you know eight wins no nothing lost on at home but then on the road it was kind of you know suspect why are we not winning at home that's the thing i don't understand you take a look at some of the statistics in this game i don't even know if i want to get in the statistics Only because you look at the entire game and you say, why do we even want to talk about the statistics? Because this, this podcast is about that. I'm a, we got to look at some of the numbers. A general manager does that. This is the general manager podcast. Overall, Seattle did well on first downs, 20 to 14. They had 10 passing first downs. Ravens only had five. The Seahawks had eight rushing first downs. The Ravens had nine. Seattle did have two first downs from penalties. That was good. Let's take a look at the third down and how they converted. The Seahawks were 10 of 17. The Ravens were 5 of 13. So about almost even. On fourth down, the Ravens were one for one. Seattle didn't even attempt a fourth down. Overall, Seattle had more plays, 68 to 56. They had barely more yards, 347 to 340. More, more drives, 10 to 9. But, and even more passing yards. Seattle had 241 passing yards to 141 for Baltimore. So what the heck happened? The big number, the rushing yards. Seattle had 106 total rushing yards versus... Baltimore's 199 yards on the ground and you guys can you have all have access to these statistics go on ESPN go on NFL.com take a look at them yourself time of possession 30 to 29 minutes I mean it was almost even 
where the big issues that I think Seattle, of course, is we're going to come back to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson beat the Seahawks today. And so I was tweeting out throughout the game. You know, I do my, my minute, well, halfway or halftime tweet. You know, it's not how you start the game. It's how you finish. And it is how you finish. Seattle failed to finish today. It was 13-13 to 13 at halftime. I was sitting next to uh, about four or five different millennials today in the stands. And you know, these guys are like 20 years old, literally, because they asked me, to buy them a beer. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing that, dude. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm not going to get arrested for, you know, serving a minor. But these young kids, they, they have no idea what it takes and how you're supposed to be quiet on offense and you're supposed to be loud on defense. And I, and I get that. I mean, and I was 20 at one time. This is a, a, a whole new generation of players in the NFL. You got young fans trying to come in and trying to, you know, take over where some of the older fans are leaving off. And that's very, very consistent with what's happening in the NFL. You have a young quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who looks a lot like Russell Wilson. He can run the ball like, and, and I'll get out. I mean, when he came out of, out of uh, Louisville, I was one of the guys that was like, let's go get him. Let's put him on our roster. You know, let's spend a first-round draft pick on putting somebody behind Russell Wilson. And, of course, we didn't do that. Baltimore did really well, and they drafted up and traded up to get into the first round to get Lamar Jackson. You know, and a lot of people are saying, well, at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson's not going to have a full tenure in the NFL because he runs too much. What quarterback does that remind you of when they said that at the very beginning of his career? Russell Wilson. I am not going to say sit here and think that Lamar Jackson is, is just you know going to injure himself or, or run too much or run himself out of the NFL. I think for all intents and purposes, he's going to be the next Russell Wilson if he can work on his accuracy, which today didn't really show out. 141 total passing yards isn't going to be something that's going to get you much, I think, in this league. And so I give him lots of props, though. His, his ability to get out of trouble reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. Nine for 20 on the game, 143 yards passing. You know, seven yards per, per pass is pretty good. Conversely, uh, Russell Wilson, 20 for 41. 41 attempts in this game when normally he's, you know, 23, 27 maybe passing attempts. What happened to the run game in Seattle? He had a touchdown. He had that pick six. Russell Wilson did, threw it away, basically threw it right to the defensive back who just read Russell Wilson's eyes the whole way, was able to step in front of the receiver and run the ball all the way back. Quarterback rating of under 100 for the first time this season. And of course, the very first interception of the of this season for Russell Wilson. He did not have a Russell Wilson type of game today. Chris Carson, 21 carries, 65 yards, three yards per carry. 
wasn't a Chris Carson kind of of a of a, of a game today. Receiving Tyler Lockett five receptions, sixty one yards, and a touchdown. Jerron Brown three receptions, sixty yards. DK Metcalf four receptions, fifty three yards. I want to take a look at the targets real quick because Tyler Lockett was targeted seven times, had five receptions, which is again not really the way Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett normally play. Jerron Brown had six targets, only caught three receptions, and DK Metcalf was targeted nine times. I feel like on uh, Ferris Bueller's day off, nine times for four receptions. So Russell was trying to get it to DK. I kept calling it on the field, like, man, look at he's one-on-one with the defensive back. Nobody back there to to help the defensive back. So it would have been and should have been sort of an easier time for Russell and DK to, to connect. But unfortunately, DK Metcalf did have that fumble and a lost fumble that returned was returned for a touchdown. On defense, uh, Seattle beat, you know, Bobby Wagner, 13 total tackles, seven solo sack, solo tackles, one pass defense, no quarterback hits, no sacks. K.J. Wright, eight total tackles. Marquis, Marcus Blair, Marquise Blair, four, eight total tackles for the rookie who, according to various, including like Tyler Lockett, said after the game he thought that Marquise Blair did really well today. So did uh, Bobby Wagner. Both gave Blair passing grades for the day. Trey Flowers, five tackles, one pass defensed, one tack, a soul, a one sack for this team. That was Brandon Jackson got a sack, and one quarterback hit was Brandon Jackson. Clowney, we always take a look at Clowney, three total tackles, one tackle for a loss. That's it. I believe Ansa didn't even play in this game because he didn't even show up on the statistics at all for this game, which is, again, not very good. Zero quarterback hurries for your top defensive lineman on this team. Again, we keep saying it year week after week. We did get drawn Reed back, Jaron Reed. He had two total uh, tackles, no sacks, no quarterback hurries for the guy that's supposed to be on a contract year. And I was saying this on the on my tweets. I was like, "What? Where's the Jaron Reed, Jaron Reed? Where's the Reed effect? When's that going to happen?" Never did today. I can't even give game balls out for this 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 game. There's nobody I can look to and say, man, if it wasn't for that person, we'd be really losing or we would have won this game. There's no game balls to go around today. I'm really, really, really am concerned about the lack of energy on both sides of the field when it comes to our, when we play at home, when you're supposed to win. You're supposed to win your home games. That's why the NFL is set up to have games where you basically win. Eight home games, you're supposed to win seven, six, maybe. Seattle's lost two so far in this season. 
pretty concerning for me as a fan. I, got, I don't know if there's any silver linings. I don't even know if I can sit there and say there's a silver lining for this game. I mean, for this team, because as much as I want to see Seattle win, and I mean, they're 5-2, and two, I guess maybe that's a silver lining. They won games that they probably shouldn't have won on paper. They're losing games that may, okay, you lose to the Saints, you lose to the Ravens. These are two teams that do really well at stopping the run and running the ball. Uh, you know, you could sit there and say, well, if there wasn't two defensive, you know, you know turnovers where the, the, the Ravens were able to score on the pick six and the fumble for six points, there's 12, 14 points right there. And, you know, those are two anomaly plays that happen in, in against your team. Well, Seattle should have won this game. I thought going in, it should have been a five-point win. Uh, less than seven. I thought the two teams were pretty much evenly, well, evenly matched. The Ravens just wanted it more. They did. They came into Seattle and they said, we're not afraid of you. We're going to run it down your throat. We're going to stop your run. We're going to make Russell Wilson throw the ball 41 times. They had more energy than Seattle. The way that the Seahawks have been going into enemy territory all season is the way that teams are coming into the clink now and saying, we're not afraid of your 12th man. We're not afraid about flying all the way across the country. We're ready to play you, and we're going to beat you. We do not have a home field advantage anymore. What is the identity of this team? I, I, it's been a few weeks since I've asked that question. The Bengals made me question our identity. The Saints, of course, made me question our identity. What is our identity? That's a good question. I guess the only silver lining is we go all the way across the country to Atlanta, who is one and six this season. And a lot of Twitter followers are saying, well, don't worry about that. We'll make the Falcons look like they're geniuses and playoff contenders because we don't play very well. We play down to teams this season. We haven't just stepped on any team's throat and said, okay, we're here, we're going to beat you. When was the last time Seattle did that? Maybe a year ago? I can't even think of the, of the team that we did that to. <laughs> it's a tough loss. I hate losing. I really do. The CenturyLink field was like a, a morgue today, walking out really quiet, no chanting, no high fives, everybody just kind of laughing and trying to figure out how to get out of the stadium. A lot of folks left early, rightfully so. Well, not rightfully so. They should have stayed. I stayed until about three minutes left in the game. I had to get on the road, you know, to get over to the to uh, SeaTac as I fly back to California, but... I don't know, ma'am. I, I, you're not supposed to win every game. The last time it almost happened was with the Patriots, right? They almost went completely throughout the entire season undefeated. You're supposed to lose games. That's just what's going to happen. But for Seattle to lose this big, 30-16, to, to 16, unheard of. 
30 to 16. Seattle lost by double digits for the first time in who knows how many months. I mean, there's nothing I can say on the, on the stat sheet that would make you think, hey, we can fix that. There isn't. To me, it was a lack of energy, a lack of consistent energy for four, or at least for the second half. Normally, Seattle wears you out in the first half. They, you know, just continue to pound the ball. It was 13 to 13 at the halftime. Okay, I'll, Seattle normally makes adjustments and they come out in the second half and they steamroll you through the fourth quarter. Well, I think where the the game was won was when the, the Ravens had a nine-minute possession in the fourth quarter. Nine minutes. That's crazy. I don't even remember the last time the Seahawks defense allowed a nine-minute offensive possession. I don't remember when that happened. I can't even think of maybe it was before Pete Carroll got here. Where's the stifling defense at, guys? I guess that's what I'm saying. 30 to 16. Be before the season began, I thought Seattle had to score at least 21 points to win the game. My hypothesis is true so far. They only scored 16 today. They should have scored. They needed to score at least 21 to win the game. Well, they needed to score 31 to win this game. So maybe my hypothesis isn't true. <laughs> no home field advantage. That, as a season ticket holder, is probably the most sobering statement because I never thought under a Pete Carroll, John Schneider team that we would not have home field advantage. Anybody can come into Seattle and beat them. That's my summary for the entire game. And I guess we just got to pick ourselves back up, get out over to Atlanta and go 6-2 and two on the season, which isn't bad. You want to go 6, you know, to be 6-2 and two halfway through the season is pretty good. It's really good, actually. It's not as good as a 6-0 and oh 49ers team, but the 49ers are not playing, you know, they're playing a, a last place schedule they're playing the red they played the redskins today they should have beat the redskins i mean i think the only team that so far that they had you know shouldn't have won was the rams but the rams aren't playing very well this year anyway i'm not throwing the red flag out i'm not i'm not trying to challenge this team or the season yet there's nothing to be pen there's no panic button that we need to, to, to hit seattle just needs to learn from this figure out how to win at home and get that home field advantage back in Seattle and make people afraid to play us here in Seattle. That's the only thing that we got to do left. Again, we're not going to win every game. We're probably going to win games that we probably on paper shouldn't have won on the road. And if we go eight, no on the road, <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't care about home field advantage, but that's very unheard of. You know, like I said, the NFL sets this up so that when you go on the road, you have to travel in different time zones. Seattle will be playing at 10 a.m. next next Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time. They do things like that. They're like, okay, you're not supposed to win on the road. Or you're not supposed to win every game on the road. Seattle can go 4-0 next week against Atlanta, a 1-6 Atlanta team. 
or one win Atlanta team, I should say. Very, very feasible. And I think they'll do it, but pretty frustrated here. Uh, frustrated season ticket holder right here in SeaTac on my way back to beautiful Coachella Valley. I'll see you guys next week as we get back on the road. We'll play the Falcons. We'll get back on our winning ways, I hope. <laughs> All right, guys, take care wherever you're at. Go Hawks.